ربنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد Yesterday we were talking about Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam and his conversation with his father then with the rest of the people of his community and as we can see from that that Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam used all kind of logical proofs to prove to them that objects they were worshipping are not worthy of being worshipped and they cannot be God. And although these people had no response to what Ibrahim والسلام, was presenting, the proofs that he was presenting, but they were stubborn and they had no reason other than we don't want to leave our traditions. Sometimes these traditions become very, very strong. And really, I think the statement is also wrong when we say sometime. Most of the time, traditions are very, very strong. And you see a person who have changed from head to toe, but still there are traditions that they like to hold on to. Many of our people, after immigrating to different parts of the world, everything changes. But certain traditions will not change. They do not change. Chinese food. See? What is this Chinese food? Everything changed about the Chinese after coming over here. Dress, way of behaving, dealing with things, but the food is the same. And not only the food, their marriages are the same. Their method of eating may be the same. It goes further. The way a person from that part of the world deals with his family members will be different than the person who would deal with his family members of this part of the world. We know this from our traditions also. Certain things, as you see the father dealing with the son or husband with the wife or wife with the husband, you can say, oh, you must be from India. You must be from Pakistan. You must be from Africa. Just the method of dealing, the way of dealing. I don't want to give no examples. That may be a bad idea. But even after changing everything, those traditions do not change. Day and night, I get a complaint. I get calls, emails, text messages. Daughter-in-law and mother-in-law. Come on, everything changed in your home. You people don't even pray anymore. Really, it's a fact. Families, they don't even pray anymore. But that method of dealing with daughter-in-law doesn't change. That's our tradition. This is how it has to be. She has to do this. She has to do this. She has to do this. 
But no, that doesn't happen in this part of the world. Oh, I don't care. We are not from here. We are from there. But we don't pray. You don't pray. You don't dress. You don't look like you are from there. You look everything from here. But it's still no, no. These things are gone. But that thing has to be there. there. These are traditions. Anyway. That was the only reason they are presenting to Sayyidina Ibrahim والسلام, It's our tradition. Ibrahim والسلام, thought, I need to teach them some good lesson here. So that they realize that they are not worthy of being worshipped. So they used to have a day of celebration. On that day, they used to put all of them would come. They would put the food in front of idols. So there was a place of worship where all the idols are there. And then they would come, put their food over there because it's the day of celebration. So they have prepared some good meal. So they would have some good food put by the idols. Then they would go out for the celebration. When they come back, then the people in charge of this place of worship, they would distribute the food according to however they want. They keep whatever they want. So they used to consider that to be a blessed food because it was sitting by those idols. They put the food in the morning. They left, asked Ibrahim, of course his family members, everyone is leaving. Aren't you going to come? He said, I'm not feeling well. And he didn't feel good about going with them. There was nothing wrong with it. So he didn't go with them. When they all left, Ibrahim والسلام, went there to the place of worship. All the idols are standing. And Quran tells us, Ibrahim والسلام, says to them that what happened to you people? He's telling the idols, Malakum, la What's the matter? You don't speak. Now he starts using his right hand, which means he starts breaking the idols. When they came back, they saw the situation there. Idols are all broken down. There is one that's standing with an axe in his head. So they go out. Man Now, pay attention to the words here. What is, what, what is it that this, these people are saying? What is it that this nation is looking for now? Man Who did this to our gods? Didn't you say God was supposed to help you, protect you, provide you, give you what for, for whatever you need? And now you're asking for a person who killed your God? How come God didn't help himself? How come God didn't do nothing to that person? Didn't protect himself? God cannot even defend himself? They knew it in their heart that these isles can do nothing. So of course, as they saw this, everyone is asking, who, who did it? Who did it? And everyone knows. We heard a young man talking about them. He's the only one who doesn't like them in our town. His name is Ibrahim. He said, okay, bring Ibrahim. Bring him in front of everyone. So that all people can witness 
of what he has done. According to them, and according to a lot of people who read these verses without having Iman, only they look into Quran and other religious books only to object about them, to prove that there is nothing called God and we'll talk about that inshallah. So, according to them, this is violence. Why would you break the idols? Okay, let them have their freedom, worshipping the idols. Why would you go and break it? What right do you have to go and break it? And this, according to a lot of people, yeah, you know, it makes sense, you know. Okay, if they didn't listen, he should have, according to how people will say, let him mind his business, but he can't just go and break their idols. They should have their freedom to do it. You know, a person comes and he puts a machine or a toll on the road, on the street. Tomorrow, try this. Make a, take a stick and put it in the middle of the road and say that you can't pass through this road until you put money over here. There is a toll. Okay? So we are going to charge you toll. Why? Because there, is, there are a lot of harmful objects on the other side of the street. So we take care of all of those. There are a lot of ghosts and there are a lot of animals and there are a lot of beasts over there. And we take care of all of those. So in order for us to take care of all of these, you have to pay us the toll. Now, some brave people would come and without paying the toll and they say, you know, we will just go there and do, let anything happen to us. We don't care of what happens. So they break out, they break the, the stick that's over there that you have, the border that you have made over there, and they break it and they continue, and nothing happens to them. And everyone finds out that, you know, these people went, nothing happened to them. These guys are using that only an excuse, as an excuse to uh, take our money. They're robbing us. What everyone else would say. What people still say, you know, let them have this, their freedom. Let them have it. If they had that toll and making money out of it, they had their freedom. Let them have it. No, it's a public street. It's a public road. And these people are robbing people. They are just scaring people for nothing. There is nothing over there. You are lying at people. So for the public safety and protection, we should not let anyone do anything like this. Otherwise, at every street, people will build a border, border over there. And there is a toll on every street. Who's going to afford to pay all of those tolls? This is protection for the people. This is what Ibrahim did. These people are telling everyone, you know, if you don't worship these idols here, you will be harmed. Something is going to happen to you. Some evil spirit is going to come in you. And some ghost is going to come and trouble you at your home. And you will, you may even die. And if you don't put the, put the food over here, then something is going to happen to you. And even today's time, I heard some lectures, the virtues of putting biryani and the virtues of putting samosas on those type of places. So, now, this is robbing people. 
So we need some brave people to say, I'm not going to put anything and I'll walk through it and see nothing can happen to me. So that people would know this is all false, it's just uh, trying to, a way of robbing people. You shouldn't go by this. You shouldn't pay them anything for this. This is what Ibrahim was trying to do. The whole community is being misled by those people who are making these idols and putting it up there and then telling everyone that you must come and worship them. Otherwise, you will be affected by some evil, uh, evil spirits or jinns and things like this. In fact, they're even telling Ibrahim something is going to happen to you. And he says, let me see what happens to me. So, Ibrahim was saving people from that type of oppression. Now we see, it's not violence. It's really helping people. This breaking of the idols is just like, as I said, is like breaking that toll that someone has built on the road. And scaring people that if you don't pay the toll and go that side, something is going to happen to you. Now they asked Ibrahim, 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 did you do this to our idols? He said, you know, there is one that's standing up there. The big one must have done it. <laughs> ask them, ask them. In kanu yamtiqun, if they speak. Quran says, فَرَجَعُوا إِلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ فَقَالُوا إِنَّكُمْ أَنْتُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ they went back talking to themselves. We are the wrongdoers. We have nothing to say to him anymore. And then finally, Finally, that day they had to put their heads down and say, you know, we can't speak. Just imagine when a nation has to admit that Unfortunately, we have to admit today, our God can't speak. I would call it the most hopeless nation that you find on the earth. The one that, see them, that you see them in a position where even their God was killed by someone, by their enemy, by someone who they don't like. And their gods couldn't do nothing. And this person is standing there and... He's not saying it, but in simple words you can say that they all feel he's telling them, what can you do if your God can do nothing to me? If I broke your God, you people me are nothing to me now. Right there, Ibrahim used the opportunity to tell them, Then why do you worship? Objects beside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that does not help you, that does not harm you. Has no way to do anything. Doesn't benefit, doesn't harm. And they took Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam to the king. As we know, his name was Namrud. And some scholars say Namrud with Dhal. Most of the books say Namrud. Namrud was a person who was asking people to take him also as a god to worship him also and the concept was there are there is one god up there he is the most powerful one 
And then beside him, there are a lot of smaller gods. And that one that's up there, that's the most powerful one, he keeps a representative God in this world to help everyone. So that king is that representative God of that God. So this is also a God. And then these are another, rest of the idols are smaller gods. And the sun, moon, stars are also gods. So these are all helpers of that one. So they believe that there is one God there. But all of these are his partners doing different things for him. Because that God can't just do everything by himself. So he needs help. He can't do everything. So then when he rests, and yes, that's the concept. When he rests, and this is what we see, that God created this universe in six days in other books. And he rested the seventh day. See, that's the concept, that he rested the seventh day. We don't have that concept of God resting. It's not difficult for him to take care of everything that he has created. He doesn't have to rest, doesn't have to sleep. So, because of that concept, then thought there is need for multiple gods. So he also claims to be God. Ibrahim والسلام, is taken to him. He says to Ibrahim, who's your Lord? He said, my Rabb is the one who yuhyi wa yumeen. Rabbi alladhi yuhyi wa yumeen. Who gives life and death. So he said, I do that too. I'm God too. So I can do that too. And to prove that he can do that, he said, I can give life and death. And he brings one person out from the street, a free man walking on the street, and he kills that man. And brings another person from the prison that was supposed to be killed, and he sets him free. He said, see, I give life and death. Ibrahim knew that he is one of those rulers that will come towards the end of time, which means out of his mind. Fir'aun was intelligent. When we go to the story of Musa we will find Fir'aun was intelligent. This guy here is different. So, Ibrahim realized that this is not giving life. When you set the person free, this is not giving life. When you kill someone, this is not taking life. How about yourself? But rather than arguing about it, that who's going to give you the death? Who may, who created you? Who created your father, your grandfather? You were not even in existence. Then who created them? Rather than all of that argument, Ibrahim thought, this man will just use another, I need to use a simpler method for him to understand. This is too complicated for him. So he said, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْتِي بِالشَّمْسِ مِنَ الْمَشْرِقِ فَأْتِي بِهَا مِنَ الْمَغْرِقِ Allah brings the sun out of the east. You bring it out of the west. فَبُهِدَ الَّذِي كَفَرَ He doesn't, he didn't know what to say. Mufassirin see this though, that he could have said, oh I do that. Ask your God to do the opposite. But he knew Ibrahim was a prophet. 
And he knew what Ibrahim is talking about. And if that will happen, the whole country is going to change. So he thought it's best just to stop at that point. And he said, Harriqo, or he broke our idols. That was violence. And he created violence in our country. So Harriqo, burn him down. This is the answer to of course not. But now we'll just do this, we'll do this, we'll do this. This is exactly what it is. Because we can't talk with proofs. We can't prove him wrong. So now we are going to torture him. We are going to punish him. We are going to imprison him. And they prepared the fire and threw Ibrahim والسلام, in that fire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ibrahim. We said, O oh fire, be cool and pleasant for Ibrahim Ibrahim stayed in that fire for many days and he used to say, those were the, as according to some narrations, 40 days, he used to say those were the best 40 days of my life when he was in the fire. Now imagine that huge fire and Ibrahim is in the middle of the fire and they all are standing outside. They threw him already in and they see him sitting right there. Just think about it. Ibrahim is just sitting in the middle of the fire. And Namrud, I'm your God and I'm this. Okay, go, go. Go into the fire. Bring him out. You can't bring him out. What happened to him now? What happened to all of your power? All of your guards that are there? The other idols that you have? How about the sun moon? Can you ask someone to bring Ibrahim out? Do something. Okay, you don't get burned. Help you against this fire. The way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helped Ibrahim salam. That was a clear proof for the whole nation that he has to be a messenger of Allah. Before we go further about then Ibrahim salam coming out of the fire, I just like to point out one thing very quickly. All the debate that we see here with Ibrahim between Ibrahim and his nation, king, people, father, then same thing with all the other Anbiya. Mainly, the main debate is about the existence of God and the oneness of God. That's the main thing. The existence of Allah and the oneness of Allah and the prophethood of these Anbiya. Kaddabu means they are denying the Anbiya. Very briefly, let's look at this point here of the oneness of Allah and the existence of Allah. In our time also now, a lot of people are going into that direction. See, it was when there was a long period after Anbiya, people used to go towards shirk. Now, the same thing is happening. People are going towards shirk, but in a different way, in a different way. Many people, they claim that they don't believe in any God. This is their claim. That they don't believe in any God. It's not that, oh, we believe in this or in this. Because if they claim for anything to be God, they will have to prove that this thing is God. And you can't prove it. Just like Ibrahim and all the other Anbiya made it so clear to them that how could you prove that this thing is God? There is no way. For Allah, you can prove it. But anything else, you can't prove it. So now, the best, they thought the best way is that no, we don't believe in any God. 
Okay, you don't believe in any God. Who created everything in this universe? Who created the sun, the moon, the star? Who created you, created your food, created all of these things? Now, some people, people use two different methods to answer this. It's not because of the belief. It's whatever way they find to be the strongest to be able to prove. It's only, they, they want to debate. They want to talk. They want to stand on some ground because they know that they're standing on a, same, on a sand that is moving under their feet. So they want to just hold on to something. So some people will say, it was by chance. And they know a lot of people are still up to this point, maybe another 20-30 years and people will digest this. But they know until this time, people are not so much out of their mind that they would just believe that things are happening by chance. So what they do, the other group of people, they would say, no, nature creating ever, created everything. Okay? Who created the nature? No answer. And then they will jump on you with a question. Okay, you say Allah created everything. Who created Allah? And they feel this is a strong objection to the hand, which has really no base. This objection has no base whatsoever. And you will hear the claim, oh, every, uh, everything has to have a creator. No, even they don't believe everything has to have a creator. Every creature has to have a creator, not everything. That's a wrong statement. Everything that is created has to have a creator. Let's understand it this way. Someone says, okay, there is something that created. We call it nature. Who created the nature? A nature before that and before that and before that. Keep on moving forward. There has to be a beginning, isn't it? So all of these things that are being created by someone... There has to be someone who created the first thing. Who created that first thing? You can't, just, you can't just keep on going in circle. You have to stop at certain point. So who is that first one? You call him nature or whatever name you want to give him, we call him Allah. It's the same thing. We call him Allah. So why don't they agree Okay, because they are giving nature all of the same powers. Created everything, did everything, until now creating everything. So, why aren't they accepting that Allah is the one, okay, is not nature. It's just two different words that we are using. They are using nature, we say Allah. So what stops them from believing it's Allah? Because if you believe it's Allah, then you will have to accept His commands. And you will have to worship Him. And you will have to accept his prophets and messengers. And we don't want to pray. We don't want to fast. We don't want to do hajj. We don't want to follow all of these rules. These are too strict rules. We want our freedom. There is no other base other than we just want to live a free life. Do whatever we want. Because if they say it's Allah, then why don't you obey Allah? Just to run away from that question and run away from obeying Allah, they say, No, we don't believe that that's Allah. It's just the nature. And they give the same power to the nature. But unfortunately, the power they're giving to the nature, you ask them that, does nature see anything? Does the nature have eyes? No, it doesn't. Does it have the power of hearing? No, it doesn't. I'm talking about those who believe in this. 
They will tell you, no, it does not have the power of hearing. Does it have a brain to think? No, it doesn't. Okay. I give you a watch. And I say, you know who built this watch? And I show you a man. A man is still a living being. A man that's blind, that's deaf, that's dumb. And that person is out of his mind also. He's a madman. And I say, he built this watch. And you look at me and you think you are just like him. How could this man build a watch? It has to be someone that can see. And then right away maybe you ask me, where did he get the parts from? How did he put all these parts together? How did he know the movement that seconds and the minutes and the hours and 24 hours a day? This person can't hear, he can't speak, he doesn't have a brain. How did he even know that there are 24 hours a day? How does he know there is day and night? Oh, you know, by chance. By chance, he just he made it and it so happened that it came that way. Who would believe that? And therefore, every person's nature, every human being's nature witnesses for the existence of God. How do we see this? You are in the middle of the desert. You got lost. Somehow, you ended up in the middle of the desert. You look around. It's all empty desert, open desert. There is no water, no food, nothing. What are what's going to happen? I'm just waiting for my death. You lay down, you wake up, and you see a nice dining table in front of you with hot food. You start opening all the dishes, and there are so many items. What will be your first question? Hmm? Who made it? Who brought it? Who put it? And I will say, you know, just by itself. Just by itself. Who would believe just by itself? If one dining table cannot be put there by itself, the whole universe with everything that is there for the need that fulfills the needs of human beings, if one watch is not by itself, if a camera by not, is not by itself, you know how many eyes are in the world? You know what, how many different type of eyes are in the world? You know the different birds have different type of eyes and the fish have different type of eyes. And you know our CD rooms and all of this technology that we use in the computer, the memory of the computer to save so much. You know that saw it in the butterfly. That butterfly has certain type of eyes with a lot of parts in it and they thought this is something that can help us to make that type of these type of uh, memories so how many types of cameras Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have created in this world by chance or without anyone doing it who could believe that the whole store is full just one store full of all kind of cameras and from here you can take a picture of other parts of the world and you say, no one made it. It was just, just I, was, it, I saw it one day coming out of the roof by chance. If one camera cannot come into existence by chance and by itself without someone making it, all of these eyes in the world, how many billions of eyes are in the world? Different for the water, different for the birds, different for the animals, different for human beings. No one made it, no one created or by chance. 
we need to be living in some other planet to fool those people. But I think still people have enough brain to say it cannot be by chance. So as I said, our nature witnesses for it. When you ask that question, who put this food? It tells you that naturally every person believes there is a doer behind every action that is taking place. There is a creator behind everything that is there that is being created. And of course, that is Rabbul Alameen. Then, that, the one who is creating everything has to be powerful enough to decide whatever he wants, to do whatever he wants. If there are so many of them, then they can't go into each other's kingdom. So, I have my house, you have your house. Now, can I just take over your house anytime? If I cannot, that's my weakness. And out of my kingdom. My kingdom, this is the border. That's it. Is that a God that you pray to him? God, I need rain. And he says, it's in the uh, area of the other God. Tell him to bring it this side, then I will give you the rain. No. God, I need your help against that man. Oh, but that man is in the kingdom of the other God. I can't help you against that man. So God has to be all powerful. Inna Allaha ala kulli shayin qadeer. So these are simple things that tell us that there has to be a God and there has to be only one God. La ilaha illallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us strong iman on this la ilaha illallah that we live with this la ilaha illallah and we die with la ilaha illallah and we meet Rabbul Alameen on the day of Qiyamah with la ilaha illallah. Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqih Sayyidina wa habibina wa nabiyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa alhamdulillah.